Just a heads up, this episode of Sawbones contains discussions of restricted eating and weight loss. So if that's not something you're into hearing, uh, you may want to try one of our many other episodes. Thanks so much. Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tom is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Every podcast, I, I think, is just like Sawbones in that they do the Wayne's World five, four, silent count, and then point to the other person mm-hmm. and start and talking. And you've got to kind of do a little scoop twist, it. like scoop the finger as you yeah, point. That's that's key. That's key. Um, I am. We're uh, in our basement, yeah, but it's not, not our, our basement. basement. Isn't that, that weird? weird? Um, this is a normal podcast. We are in our basement. We are in our basement. That's true. <laughs> That's where the stu- McElroy Studios, McElroy fa- the palatial McElroy Family Studios is. Shh. A small room in our basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be, that's just one of many secrets, close to the heart secrets that we'll be revealing about um, things that we care a lot about this week, Sid. Isn't that right? Justin, this this episode, I feel like I could have come up with this topic and then just said, hey, why don't we make this one of those where you research something and I don't have to this week because I'm so busy. I could have done that, but I didn't. I did it for you. This is a gift for you. Wait a minute. You. You're letting me do this because you're busy, not because you think I'm great at it? Um, No, it's definitely because you're great at it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Justin, this, this is for you. Um, it feels targeted. It doesn't feel like I know the kind of podcast that you do, and I, I feel like just looking at the subject, it's more targeted. You, uh, well, it is. It is perhaps more targeted. This is okay. You are the one who inspired this, not just because you love what we're talking about, but because of something you showed me. Yes, uh, we're going to talk Which is something about something that Dan told me about. Yes, sorry, I'm a co-host of a meditative serial podcast called The Empty Bowl. And on our last episode, my co-host, Dan Gobert, who makes a blog called Seriously.net, was telling me about a Grape Nuts ad that uh, he he has always had an affinity for. So Justin showed me this Grape Nuts ad, which we, we will talk about Grape Nuts. And uh, I started thinking about like a lot of the health claims that cereal boxes make. Are you going to talk about this specific ad or should I detail what it, it uh, is? You can detail that ad it if you want an, to. It is a box of Grape Nuts. Uh, literally holding up uh, a human, <laughs> a box of grape nuts holding up a, a human man. Yes, and, and it says it the says uh, steadies a man. Grape nuts steadies a man. Um, and it is literally just a box of grape nuts, and it's like 
I'm not going to say it's like homoerotic, but it is like a a sort of the, platonic. The the grape nuts have like gladiator sandals. Yeah, the grape nuts have gladiator sandals, <laughs> and the, his and like the grape nuts arms and legs are incredibly defined. Like I mean, so they're toned. like the artist spent way too much time. Like the on arms the legs and legs and arms. on this grape nuts box are, you know. They're hot. <laughs> They're hot. It's a sexy box of grape nuts. You heard it here first from my wife. Sid, uh, are, okay. are you telling me, are you revealing to me right now that you're trisexual? Men, women, and boxes of grape nuts? No, <laughs> no I'm just saying that the, this grape nuts box is supposed to look fit. Sexy. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to talk about health food, health claims on cereal boxes. Now, the, the most obvious connection... It, we have done a whole episode on, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to trudge through the swamps of John Harvey Kellogg's. <laughs> one, of our, one of our grodier, practices. one of our grodier guests here on Softbones. Yes. Yeah, so if you, I mean, this is probably it is it is important to mention as part of this story. Like, why is why does why do cereal boxes have so many health? Why is that a thing? Why yeah. is that a thing on cereal boxes? As, especially as we're going to get into. This is across all kinds of cereal. Like the cereals that obviously don't look healthy have have still tried to make health claims. But John Harvey Kellogg, who invented cornflakes and then tortured people into abstaining from sex and masturbation in a variety of horrible ways. And there's a whole episode a, on. You've read the side of the cornflakes box, folks. You all know this. <laughs> you all know this verbatim. Say it with me. We're abstaining from sex and masturbation and told them to avoid all medicine altogether. Yes. So that is that is the kind of stuff that Kellogg did, and he was not, I would say, a great guy. I think that's pretty easy. Anyway, you can listen to that whole episode if you'd like to um, about the history of cornflakes. The, the point of cornflakes... Is that they mm, were? What is the point of cornflakes? I don't know. I've never liked them, but a lot of people do. That's I fine. Put a little sugar on them. I can. I can mess around. With there you go. You put sugar on them to make them edible. I mean, it's like not tasty without. So that was the point of cornflakes because they were bland, and so they were obviously good for you because they're bland and it wouldn't get you all hot and bothered. But even the cornflakes that we have, like that, that is in the stores. Like that was the innovation was the like sugar on the outside. Like the the fact that there is more sweetness. Like that is the improved version of the original cornflakes. Yeah, the original cornflakes were just cornflakes. Just cornflakes. Just flakes. flakes, Like puffed, like exploded pieces. Anyway, also he was into enemas. That's another big thing he liked. But um, this is not the only cereal that ever made these sorts of claims. Like eat our cornflakes. It will calm your libido and you'll be healthier overall. That was sort of his thing. You need these bland foods to do that. Um, there were lots of of cereals that did that. There's even a cereal that was classified as a drug. Really? We'll get there. Uh, so I found a great mental floss article that talks about – it was called Masturbation and Mascots. So immediately <laughs> I was like, what is this article um, by Michelle Debzak? And uh, anyway, it details the history of cereal. If you're interested in more of – you probably know a lot of the mascot stuff. I didn't. I didn't get it. That's not part of this podcast. Some of the early do they, stuff. Did they talk about Pikachu? I don't know. I didn't read all of the masks. I was mainly looking at the the very beginning of it covered some of this health stuff. Because he, he is a thinly veiled anti-masturbation because his arms are too short to reach. That's not true. You made that up. That's okay. true. No, sure. you made that up. No, I read it. I read it. Well, then is, is a Tyrannosaurus Rex too? Well, that was made by uh, <laughs> that was made by Christ Almighty, so I don't know. 
You're reading into that a lot? <laughs> no, I'm not you, a science person. Anyway. Let's get um, a paleontologist. We're the crap I, brothers. In, in terms <laughs> of... Bill Nye, the science guy, to tell us if T-Rexes are thinly veiled anti-masturbation. So the uh, so the story starts with Kellogg, or at least he was the one who popular, pop, popularized it, is the word there. Our kid is, has ruined the word poplier. Yes. So we have to like... Poplier and regular are both a mess for us now. Um, but there was a guy named James Caleb Jackson, a really um, like religious, uh, vegetarian, sort of strict in the Kellogg sort of mold of like... Sure. Like abstain from things that might get you excited, like keep keep a very sort of bland diet, like that kind of you know person, um, who invented uh, a granola, who invented granola, but he called it granula. Mm. It was like little, I think it was actually like graham crackers that were like crumbled up into a bowl, like mm. pieces of stuff in a bowl, and he called it granula um, as like probably the first sort of cereal-ish mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Kellogg stole it and called it granola, which sounds better to us, I guess. Yeah. Granola okay. instead granola. of granula. Because it was granules, granula, but the granola. Anyway. I had a, uh, I had a Japanese cereal this week that a listener sent. It was called Frugra. Fru- Fugra. Mm-hmm. And it's like fruit and granola combined. Yeah. Had yams that sounds in good. It. That was good. It was it was earthy but good. Yeah, I yeah. Like uh, and then he made cornflakes, and he and he got more popular. And Kellogg served his cornflakes to William Post. Mm. You know where his this is mortal, going. Mortal enemy. Mm-hmm. And Post is there a, an episode of that show you like food, the food, food that built America? America? Probably. Yeah, I think there is. How would you do Most that certain. without covering how incredibly problematic Kellogg is? So anyway, is? this guy was a real wild bird. And we're not going to get it. We're just going to pretend. I mean, he's he did. Not. Listen, listen to the episode. He did some bad stuff, guys. This isn't just like he liked bland food. No, I mean, he, there's some. He's, he's, if I, if I remember correctly, that episode is staged as a point counterpoint between the two of us. In the in our I'm, book, that's how the chapters. Yeah, yeah. I think it was based on the episode where it's like, yes, but on the other hand. No. Cereal. So, uh, Fruit Loops. Think about it. <laughs> Post thought this breakfast cereal idea had some uh, legs to it. He and he wanted to run with it. So he um, he created a lot of cereals. Grape Nuts was among them, which is the inspiration for this episode. Um, and in addition to this ad that Justin has already told you about, which by the way, I wanted to talk about you. You described this great um, hot, sexy Grape Nuts box holding a man, um, <laughs> steadying. He's studying him. That's what he says. All of a man's real power comes from steady nerves and a keen, clear brain. Um, and then they talk. By the way, grape nuts is written as grape equal sign nuts, which is very. I, think, I, don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I, I keep looking at it going grape equals nuts. Flourish. Uh, it says on it, it contains just the food elements nature has stored up in wheat and barley, including the phosphate of potash. Which, or potash, I guess, potash is how I would say, which combines in the blood with albumin to repair and build up the cells. I think that is a wild thing to put on a food. Mm-hmm. Who reads that and is like, yes, that is for me. But he says, it's food, not medicine. Don't uh, don't get in trouble don't here. Don't worry about it. Don't, I don't want to get in trouble for this. But it's called concentrated, partially pre-digested food. <laughs> On the box. Gross. Who would want to? That's what's wild to me. Like, this was in the ad. This was in the ad for it. Like, eat this pre-digested food, please. It's like, oh, nice. And the tagline at the bottom in quotes is, there's a reason for grape nuts. Oh. There's a reason. Um, I looked at a lot of grape nuts ads because Post was all about 
advertising the health benefits of of his foods. That was a big part of it. There are tons of different ads that set, start off with, uh, how does Mrs. Burke stay as slim as her teenage daughter? E. E. Yes, there's a lot of a lot that are um, all the most of the ones featuring women alone are um, sort of saying that this is a way to lose weight. Grape nuts is a a way to lose weight. There are lots. The other ones that feature women, ha- they're moms, and they're feeding them to their babies. In this one, here's a here's a baby eating some grape nuts um, because it will help uh, develop like their uh, bones, vital minerals for teeth, bones, and blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big selling point. And then for men, businessmen, they will be steady and by the box of their brains saying. will work great. There was a there was a whole other one um, that was uh, oh what is meet Stan Jones the twelve o'clock wolf, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was basically that by like he wasn't eating a healthy breakfast, so by twelve o'clock he was a wolf. Yeah, because he needed grape nuts. I mean, that's basically the premise of those Snickers commercials that are like, "You're not you, and you're hungry." That's like that exact exact premise. You're Stan Jones, the twelve o'clock wolf. Yeah, <laughs> where's that? It's really good. It's really good, right? It's really good. Um, uh, and and again, in addition to that, he would say, like I said, like weight loss, dental health, give it to babies. It can fix an appendicitis. Grape nuts. Mm. Like Post really took it and ran with it. Kellogg was like, cornflakes are good for your libido. It will. They will kill it because, like, who feels, who feels like sex after a box of cornflakes? Post took it a step farther. Um, he also made a version, by the way, of cornflakes. His own. Have you heard of Elijah's Manna? Yeah, but only because I'm me. So I had not. It's just it was like cornflakes. Yeah. But it had a picture of the prophet Elijah feeding a bird on the box, and he got in a lot of trouble for that. Why? Because church groups. They found it blasphemous. Are you kidding me? Did you put a picture of Elijah on a box of cereal? I always wonder what manna was like. We used to hear about it a lot in Bible class, and it's like, I wonder if it's good. Like, you think it was good? It's just food falling from the sky. Sounds dope. I wonder if it's good, though. Or if it's just like the protein bars in, in solitary, like, it just keeps you going. Do you want to know? I've thought about this. Do you really want to know what I've thought about? Yeah. Or is it, because it's like a boring scientific answer. No. A lot of cultures have developed some sort of, like, starchy base that mm-hmm. they build their foods around. Mm-hmm. Like, whether that you add a sauce or a meat or a vegetable component, there's, like, a starchy base to it. Mm-hmm. And rice being a really well-known one, potatoes, mm-hmm. depending on where you live and what grew there, um, you'll find, like, um, like, Nsema, which I ate when I was in Malawi. It's like a starchy base. Anyway, I always think manna is probably that. It's wow. got a lot of calories. It's sustaining. Doesn't have a ton of flavor, but like it will keep you going. And you can add things to it depending on what grows around you. I'm with you. This is a side note, but I've thought no, about this. Yeah. <laughs> and a yeah, on a gripping one. Um anyway, he eventually changed it to post toasties. There you go. Yeah. That nobody's thinking that's blasphemous. <laughs> so um, you know what? Like Kellogg's was not founded by John Harvey. Just to clarify, we we understand this, right? John Harvey was the founder of Battle Creek and, and yes, did all the sanitarium, sanitarium stuff. Yes. Will Keith, his brother, wanted to keep their process of making cereal secret. John Harvey brought in Post and showed him how they were doing it while he was at the sanitarium. And Post is like, oh, Dunk, I'm, I'm going to get steal out there. This. I'm going to get out there and steal this. And then Will Keith was so mad about that that he went on to found Kellogg's the company that mm. well, well, Keith Kellogg was the was the founder. John Harvey Kellogg was 
didn't want to profit off of it, didn't want to add sugar or, you know, stuff that would help the cereal sell. So there is so much drama in the cereal world. It's the best. All, as I was reading this sort of I'm and I am just trying to focus in on like the cereals that have made health claims mm-hmm. through the years. Um, and there is so much Are you of saying that. that cereal is fascinating and captivating subject because, yeah, I'm with you. Um, other companies, of course, would follow this trend. There, uh, there's one that you may know called Wheaties. Yeah. Do you know the story of how Wheaties supposedly came to be? Like, how did they create a, their first Wheatie? No. Um, this story is probably not true. Mm. But this by is all, the by all means. Let's let's <laughs> let's uh, help it propagate. Uh, a lot of and you find this. It's interesting. Where the other place you find these sort of like. Uh, can anyone really prove that this, that this is how it happens? Stories are when we talked about a lot of like supplements and naturopathic, homeopathic, herbal, holistic, whatever genre we're in, remedies that we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. They have a story like this, right? Like some sort of accidental discovery of I was at death's door and then I ate a plant and now I'm better. So my my – my rationale for these stories, and there's several of them, and like I don't know if Wheaties is the one where they're like, somebody just dropped bran on a hot thing. This and is they it. Made Wheaties. This is the story. They dropped a. There was a health clinician who dropped a bran gruel on a stove. So that is my theory on that. Is that that is people uh, telling that story to attempt to circumvent a patent or, mm. or possibly a utility patent that that Kellogg's or Post had, where it's like, no, 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 this isn't like your thing. We did. We just. This happened. Isn't it weird, Sid, that this this accident just happened to happen not at any other moment in linear time? <laughs> just then. <laughs> just then. Well, it's so bizarre that nobody dropped brand gruel on a stove until then. 1921. Yeah, weird. And when the Washburn Crosby Company. Crosby, Stills, Washburn. <laughs> and then it was, all your favorite. Eventually, this is General Mills. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um. And they initially they originally called it gold medal whole wheat flakes. It was later changed to Wheaties. Yeah, that's a better name. Um, rea- it, actually, part of the reason that they did this is that it was a time where doctors were telling people that consuming too much white flour was harming their digestive tracts, and they should eat less white flour. And so sales were dropping, and the mills needed something to, you know, do yeah. what mills they needed yeah. something to mill. Got a mill. Um, and this was a great solution. Wheaties. Was the solution? Yeah. So this is probably why they started pushing Wheaties, hmm. not because they dropped a brand gruel on a stove. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the but the key was marketing, right? Like I don't think I personally am not a huge Wheaties fan. You can be. That's fine. We can disagree on the flavor. You know what's good with Wheaties? What sugar? A little bit of sugar. Yeah, that's uh-huh. sugar. there's a there's a theme here. Anyway, so they tied it to athletic performance, right? So this is sort of that vague health claim, like. Wheaties will make you better at sports. How? Well, sometimes they would say, like, things that were direct. Like, they, like putting an athlete on a box of Wheaties saying, I eat Wheaties, it implies that Wheaties makes you good at whatever sport you play, right? Right. Um, but they would also say things like, there's one ad where they talk about the heat-producing elements in Wheaties. <laughs> and how these heat-producing elements will, uh, will help you be better at Whatever you're doing. Um, they introduced Jack Armstrong. Is that a real person? Uh, I believe Jack Armstrong was the fake person. Because uh, they had like a, a – uh, Jack Armstrong was this fictional like all-American boy who Wheaties made great at basketball, I believe. Mm. So anyway, um, and uh, and Wheaties sort of 
started that trend of like, let's connect a breakfast cereal to sports, performance, athleticism, achievement, you know, Mm -hmm. like that sort of general sense. You'll be stronger, faster, better without saying specifically what it's doing to do that. You know what I mean? It's it's sort of health adjacent. Yes. And that has perpetuated, right? We still look to Wheaties boxes for like the current athletic superstars. I assume. I guess. Right? Haven't bought Wheaties in a little bit. I think that's still happening. The next one I want to tell you about is wild. So I'm going to need you, like, let's take a little breather. I wish I could go eat cereal because I'm freaking starving right now. This is going to kill that urge. But first, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as... The palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off.
Max Fun Drive 2022 starts in just one week. Monday, April 25th. We'll have exclusive Max Fun Drive gifts, awesome episodes, bonus content, and you know what else? You'll just have to tune in. We have some tricks up our sleeve. Sleeves? Tricks? Is it plural? We'll catch you next week. The greatest time to support the podcasts you love. Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, April 25th. Don't miss it. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time. And we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Bruce. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. Grape nuts is the cereal I would eat, by the way. If I if I could go eat cereal right now, that you've driven me mad with desire for grape nuts. Not well, your intended I'm going to kill sure. that with uh, shredded Ralston. You've never heard of shredded Ralston, you told me. No. No, Okay. Ralston, heard of Ralston Purina. Okay, yes. This was from the Ralston Purina Company, Shredded Ralston. And it was like a whole wheat cereal, right? Okay. And eventually they would go on to make Chex and Cookie Crisp. So, like, a Cookie Crisp is a good cereal. I like that one. Oh, no. See, the pieces are too big. I don't, I don't enjoy cereals with big pieces. Ralston was for the movement Ralstonism which was created by Webster Edgerly. The reason that you had to, the reason the cereal was made is because they had a very restrictive diet if you were a follower of Ralstonism. By the way, the word Ralston stands for regime, activity, light, strength, temperation, oxygen, and nature. Whoa. Honey, this is a wild thing. Um, and this food was created for followers so that they would have something to eat that would fall within the, it was, it, like I said, there were very few Things they had to stay away Don't you from. You love that when somebody's like, you can only eat these things. And as luck would have it, for just, you know, 30 cents a box, you could have these exact things. Exactly. So so they made this cereal for people that the followers could consume. It is also important to note incredibly racist Ralstonism. Oh my. Oh my. Uh white supremacist movement, Ralstonism. Oh my. Yes. Only only uh white people could be I did not expect that. Included in the movement, everyone else, he advocated for uh, castration. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, bad guy, bad guy, um, Webster Edgerly, who created Ralstonism, created Shredded Ralston, and worked with the company that would go on to make Cookie Crisp. Sorry Hooray. about sorry Hooray. about that. Sorry about that one. And they, they made all kinds of cereals, by the way. I didn't realize how many, like... Um, co-branded cereals mm -hmm. so that's another story um uh, yeah. <laughs> but again the point was healthy this food this cereal was created specifically to meet a dietary re regimen for this group of people that was supposed to be the health healthiest most pure dietary regimen mm -hmm. right again super racist also um eventually Which as I you have i was also interesting when ralston purina was sold to nestle mm-hmm 
that it's now that division is now called Nestle Purina. Yeah, get rid of the Ralston. Just don't get, happen to have you don't any want relation to, do to Ralston no. anymore. Get rid of that. Um, eventually, in the fifties, as you have noted, you know it was like we should sell this to kids, but kids don't want to eat it. Why don't they want to eat it? Sh- they sugar. want sugar. They need sugar. It, yeah. they, this is why we we all add sugar to these things. So uh, there's an easy way to get around that, though. Uh, the common idea at the time is that your doctor would advise you to give this to your kid because sugar is important for energy. <laughs> that is something that you see in a lot of like 50s and 60s cereal advertising is mm-hmm. like it's packed with energy, like to keep kids going. It's like you mean sugar. You mean sugar, right? Yes, and you that's it. Sugar. That was the way that your kid needs sugar for energy, and so sugar is a good thing, so give your kid sugar. <laughs> Kids don't need sugar for energy. I, a man, <laughs> I have a lot to accomplish in a given day. I need sugar for energy. And as you move into, not in the 50s and 60s, but like in the decades to come, we would have studies that would come out that would help with this narrative, right? Like, mm-hmm. not that sugar necessarily was good for you, but what was bad for you then? What did we come to understand as bad? This is probably, I would guess, around the time where like fat became the the enemy. Fat and cholesterol was the enemy. I mean, look at the food pyramid. You have a giant like cereal base on the food pyramid. I mean, if you're talking about grains, yeah. like forget that there's sugar in there. There's grains. You need these. This is good. And so like a breakfast of bacon and eggs would be like the worst thing you could eat in this you know, dietary era. So, you know, that's what all the doctors were saying. Fat is bad for you. Cholesterol is bad for you. Grains are good. These cheaply produced, uh, easy to produce uh, cash crops are really where the money's at. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you can get into, I'm not going to get into like, there are many books written about who paid for these studies and who promoted these ideas. And hopefully we're all at a point where we realize that like, we need all kinds of foods, you know. <laughs> we need protein and we need grains and we need sugar and we need, you know, we need all of these things in moderation. But um, cereal would continue at that point. And this is, I feel like, as we move into the decades of cereal that we ate as children, to be colorful <laughs> and sugary and generally something that you would not look at and think of as a health food, right? Like, I don't ever remember looking at a box of, you know, Captain Crunch was my favorite and thinking like I'm eating a health food. Yeah. Right? Um, But what's weird about that is like even in that time, cereals were still making those kinds of health claims. Like even though we were looking at cereals that you wouldn't necessarily assume were healthy. Um, Things like uh, vitamin D were often promoted. Mm -hmm. Like this is – and like you can use certain language like good source of – Right. This. Like, yeah. Like, part of this um, complete breakfast has always been my favorite one. Part of the like, complete breakfast. That's an, a good one. It's, it's a bowl of cereal with an orange and a glass of milk and some toast. and With the fear of uh, high fructose corn syrup that arose, um, it was that was a popular thing to start putting on cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. No high fructose corn syrup. Don't pay attention to how much sugar is in this box because yeah. we've put this claim on the top that sounds – you know, very healthy. So it's like when when you see bags of rice advertised as gluten free. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. The another thing they would do is say like the main ingredient, like it has more whole grain than anything else. Like whole grain is the number one thing. That's oh, the. Yeah. But like one way to get around that is that if you have a bunch of different sources of sugar in it, 
then each one of those sources is counted separately. Right, because they, they, you have to list the uh, ingredients in the frequency with which – or the proportion of which they appear. Mm-hmm. So your first ingredient is the one that is most prevalent. But if you divide the sugars up, then maybe it doesn't shake out like that in the list. So exactly. you might see them advertise like whole grain is the first ingredient. Like I've seen that like word mark on boxes before. Um, some will say like – like Apple Jacks used to say they have fiber. It's like yes. That is true. There is some fiber in there. That is that is true. That's true. Or like Cocoa Krispies uh, for a while said that they support your child's immunity. Because <laughs> of the vitamins in there. Yeah, there's vitamins. So there. They got vitamins and antioxidants. So it supports your yeah. immunity. Cocoa Pebbles, Cocoa though, Krispies. immunosuppressants. Weirdly, <laughs> no one knows this. Um, which, is, you know, like I said, like you would not – you would not look at these foods and think of them as health foods. And I don't even think at that point, when I think about like my parents giving me cereal, I don't think my parents were under the impression that I was eating a health food. No. 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 But the cereal boxes continued those claims. And especially as we move into the 90s and 2000s, because that is when you started to get sort of the rise of, first of all, concerns about sugar, right? Secondly, um, the organic food movement. Uh, fear about preservatives, fears about, as we've talked about in previous episodes, artificial colors and artificial uh, flavors, all of that starts to come into play as we move into the 90s and 2000s. And so I think like some of these cereal boxes are probably making these claims to compete with the rise of cereals that are like made to be health food products. You start to see specifically organic cereals uh, and organic foods of all kinds come into play for kids, right? Like now you can find all those aisles. Um, Every food you get at the grocery store, there's an organic for, I mean, like for kids, obviously for everything, but like for kids specifically. But then you see stuff like Special K and Kashi, which are like, these are these are healthy cereals that are now out there for you to eat. The one I used to love was Kenmai Rice brand. They don't make that anymore, but that was really good. Um, I like when the Special K has chunks of chocolate in it, and they're like, good, Special K still, right? We're fine. It's it's just chunks of literal <laughs> chunks of chopped up candy bar we threw in here. This is fine. It's really wild, too, because, I, I mean, I would treat myself to Special K sometimes as like a dessert because it's like there are some of the Special K flavors that are delicious. Mm-hmm. And they they have a lot of sugar. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat them. But we're still right. marketing the thing. these things to as make like it clear. We're not shaming any of these foods. No, like everything in moderation. It's the marketing that is lying to you and saying like you should eat a lot of this. This mm-hmm. is good. This is good stuff. Good for you. Yes, and I and I think that it's okay. Then this leads into the story of cereal as a medicine, the cereal that was uh, branded a drug for a while. This is exactly why food is food. And drugs are drugs. And <laughs> when you put these claims on cereal boxes and lead people to believe, like, you need to eat this, add this to your diet because it's a health food. Not you should or shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, if you're already eating, you should also eat this because it's good for you. Um, Cheerios, which has mm. been around since 1941. Classic. Classic yeah. cereal. Cheerios got on on this trend with the claim that they could, everybody knows this, what do Cheerios do? They it lower your cholesterol. Exactly. They lower your cholesterol. Everybody, I feel like this is one of the most Everybody well-known claims that a food is made, right? Yeah, as far settled. as health. This is law. Right. This is the way. And there was a clinical study that they would talk about <laughs> that showed this, uh, that two servings of Cheerios a day would lower. It's a lot of Cheerios. <laughs> a lot of Cheerios. Would lower your bad cholesterol 4% in six weeks. 
in parentheses, as part of a diet low in saturated fat and cholesterol. <laughs> so, so good. So they marketed it this way. And I mean, I, that is my, like, when I think of Cheerios, I still think of it as healthy. Yeah. I used to take a bag of Cheerios with me to snack on all day in high school. I thought of Cheerios as like a healthy I will snack. say, if you're someone that pays attention to sugar content, you could do a lot worse than standard Cheerios. They are not, besides the fact that they're oat, and that makes them good and better than most all other cereals. Because it's more expensive to do oat cereals. Mm. So you're seeing a lot of cereals move into like corn and rice because it's cheaper to produce than oat. For example, did you know that... Uh, the monster cereals used to be oat-based. So if you think the monster cereals used, used to taste better than they do now, oh, they do. It's not <laughs> your brain playing tricks on you. This is a bad, substandard, bad version of the cereals because it's not oat-based anymore. I should note these are your flavor opinions. Yeah. What else is there? Well, I mean, I'm just – we're not making I would health say claims. It's my, I'm a professional cereal reviewer, yeah. so like I would say it's more like flavor law. But the, you're basing it on, like, the taste and flavor of the cereals and not how good they are for you. Because the idea of, like, we're talking a lot about foods that are healthy and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And instead, that's not really a concept we should discuss. Foods aren't inherently healthy, unhealthy. Yeah. So why are you You need right? a, a well-balanced array of foods that provide your body with all of the things that it needs. Why are you getting on my case and saying that the monster cereals were better before they were all corn? Like, well, no. I'm I was just, just clarifying that you truth. mean you mean flavor, not some other factor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying Cheerios are lower in sugar than a lot of other cereals. Yes. Sure. That's, that's, that was my whole that's point. That's fine. No, and that's fine. I was fine. talking about how the monster cereals used to be better. Now they're bad. However, in 2009, this claim from Cheerios got them into trouble. Oh, why? Because the FDA doesn't like it when you put a medical claim on your food packaging. Right. Which is why Grape Nuts knew all those many years ago to say this is food, not medicine. This is food, not medicine. What does it do? It um, steadies a man. Come at us. (laughs) Yeah, it's got phosphate of potash. Um, food and drugs are regulated very differently. We've talked about that. I mean, you yeah. know that. We've talked about that on the show a lot. And if Cheerios wanted to bring a new drug to the market, <laughs> you know, if if Cheerios was a medication, you know, that General Mills was introducing, then they had a whole process they had to go yeah. through. And they didn't do that, of course, because it's cereal. Um, so basically the FDA said that you're marketing your cereal as a medicine and either you have two options – Either pull it from the shelves and go through the process of getting it approved as, as, a, as a medication or change your packaging because you can't. Right now, you're, you're marketing it as a medicine, but it is regulated as a food, and that doesn't fly. Um, the result was that, uh, as you can imagine, people started suing because they, you know— well, I ate Cheerios and I still had I still have heart disease. What you I, s- I ate Cheerios and my cholesterol is still high. The way that a lot of people get around this now in cereal packaging is they will have uh like text describing the theoretical value of certain ingredients or whatever, like whole grain, mm-hmm. talking about how, why whole grain is so important, and then like new paragraph. This has whole grain in it. So I don't know. What do Which, you th- what do you think? Like they don't say this cereal does this. They're saying whole grain does this thing. By the way, whole grain is in this cereal. So it's like they're not drawing that direct connection anymore. Which is exactly what so Cheerios did change their packaging. I don't know. I haven't bought a box of Cheerios recently, so I don't know exactly what it says. 
I know that 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 is still in my head that Cheerios right. lowers cholesterol. That that is still and like and they they made that case. General Mills made the case like no, there are many studies on soluble fiber that talk about the health benefits. Like we don't have to rehash that because there it's out there. Um, but either way, they changed the packaging because it wasn't worth all the all the legal headaches. Um, but uh, there was a paper published in the Journal of Public Policy and Marketing in 2019 that looked at like. Uh, kind of a meta-analysis, well, not meta, four different studies, looked at several different studies on nutritional claims on cereal boxes. And um, it was wild because this 2019, uh, out of 633 different breakfast cereals, 460 had some sort of health claim on them. So this persists to this day. I just think that's that's interesting. And you can, we could all debate. I mean, I think the idea of like, again, there are so many different um, – I, they're not all medical professionals, but they have varying degrees who will try to tell you that they have the exact way of eating that is best for everyone. And I think we've talked a lot on this show about like, that's not really, there is no one thing, mm-hmm. you know, you need to eat a wide variety of, of foods that give your body all the different things that it needs. So I, you know, I don't want to quibble with every single one of these health claims. Sure. The larger point is that cereal is still marketed quite often for its health benefits, which I think is a wild legacy of those early, you know, Kellogg and Post and people making cereals in the beginning, that cereal still has that when, you know, for me, cereal is delicious and I love it and it's more of a treat is what, like, I think of cereal. Like, if I'm going to eat a bowl of Cap'n Crunch, it's like a treat for me. Yeah. But it's not marketed that way. It's not marketed as a treat yourself. It's marketed as a health food. I would be willing to bet that Captain Crunch, sorry, Cap, <laughs> sorry, Captain Crunch, Captain uh, Cornelius Crunch is not currently marketing his product as a health food in any way, shape, or form. Well, I would have to call you on that. There is no way. <laughs> there is no way. I don't way. know. Look at a pull I, up a picture of a box of Captain Crunch. I, I'll just pull one of the many I have underneath my desk. And let's see. Are there any any claims on it? Okay. Find a uh, crunchitize me, Captain. That's what I'm seeing on this current box art. That's not a health claim. I mean, crunchitization has been proven to improve levels of uh, what are the, pleasure. What are the what are the what's, what's in the small print? Sweetened corn and oat cereal. Crunchitize me, Captain. What? Enlarged to show texture. You have no point. What's the point? Okay, I just wondered. Giant giant size. That's because I'm looking at the giant size. Box now. I I have not seen the side. Uh, no, they're advertising great flavors. Oh, they're following on social media. That's all good. No, see, it's just fun. It's just a fun. Okay, all right. Cakes. There we go. Well, then the, my Captain favorite Crunch is on the level. He knows my what, favorite cereal, Captain Crunch. He's a straight dealer. It is going to tell you exactly what it is. Clean it's dealer. a delicious cereal. Yes. Then that's and that's it. And don't get up with those oops. Now, honey, honey nut Cheerios. Right there on the box. What does it Can say? help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So they've softened that language quite yeah. a bit. So anyway, I, I again, I just think that it's fascinating that we have continued to market cereal all these years in many, not all, cases as a health food. Yeah. I just think that that's an interesting legacy that that continues from the early days of cereal. and And those early claims of it being a health food weren't backed by any sort of science or evidence to begin with. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I also, one that you see a lot on cereal, which I get a huge kick out of is fat-free. <laughs> Don't worry. 
Cornfl- uh, uh, Frosted Flakes has that on the on the Kroger description. Mm-hmm. It says it's a healthy, fat-free cereal. And right above that, it says crunchy flakes of corn sprinkled with sweet frosting. Use your noodle, <laughs> Kroger. Well, they're not lying. They're not lying. It's not lying. Well, they do say it's healthy, Sydney, which is pretty subjective, but it's also not something you can you can sue somebody over, right? Like Hel- healthy, healthy is very subjective. Yeah. Um, so, but but at the end of the day, again, uh, cereal can be part of a healthy diet. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks to taxpayers for use of their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. That's going to do it for us this week. Until next time, my name is Justin McRoy. I'm Sydney McRoy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.